Well, it wasn't the return of the Mac. It was the return of the blowpin, John, and it cost the Angels the series against the Texas Rangers. Also, who's headed to the Arizona Fall League and why does it matter? And who's the new guy that everybody's been talking about, rumored to maybe be one of the candidates for the Angels manager? We're going to talk all about that because you're locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe. Click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts hey thanks for joining us for this edition of locked on angels where it's your team every single day you've got the frisch brothers here with you aka the super halo bros my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john you can check us out at locked on angels on twitter and of course at super halo bros on twitter and instagram mike you and i have seen a lot of angels baseball and thursday felt all too familiar because <laughs> it was the return of the blow pen on yeah. Thursday. Aye, aye, aye. I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to be familiarized <laughs> with what we've seen in the past, but that's exactly what happened. It was a 5-3 loss to the Texas Rangers, and this was the rubber match. This was the one that could give us the series, and we started off really great. Lorenzen went 5 He struck out seven, but then Mm -hmm. Aaron Loop came in and gave up the lead, and those runs actually got Lorenzen's ERA to rise a bit, and Loop actually Mm -hmm. didn't have to suffer at all. And then Quejada lost the lead in the eighth inning, and and then eventually the Angels did lose five to three. And it's one of those games, right? Like, you got to win these games if you're going to be competitive. And I know it's the end of the season, just a few, uh, what, 13, 14 games left, Mm -hmm. and you know, it's kind of like, well, let's just get it over with. But these are the types of games that we're going to need to win next season. And yeah. the fact that we started off really great was exciting. But then having the bullpen come in and blow it and blow it again can be really frustrating, even though we are, what, I think 16, 17 games under 500 at this point. Yeah. Hey, Jeff Fletcher of the OC Register, he had tweeted that Quijada uh, had only given up six hits to left-handed hitters and so he was six for 46 and Corey Seager was the sixth hit and that was the the two-run bomb that he gave up so you like the matchup but you don't like the results and it seems like I really hope that Quijada develops some sort of third pitch in the offseason because that fastball changeup combination is just not working for him not fooling uh, anybody yeah yeah not not anymore he was looking really good kind of in the middle of the summer and and kind of had emerged as somebody that we were excited about, but he is going to have to continue to fool batters, and he can't do that with a two-pitch combination. Yeah, Lorenzen looks strong. He did get into trouble in the sixth. Luke comes in three hits in a row, and all three inherited runners come in to score. Joe Adele had a great throw from left field, and Kurt Suzuki was playing out of his mind today yeah. behind the plate, <laughs> and also he laid down a sacrifice bunt, Man, he almost beat that one out too, and I, I, it makes you think that the fact that he's got the end of his career coming up, he's playing his heart out right now, and not that he wasn't trying before, but there's always that extra gear you go to, sure. especially like when you're in a situation where you know it's coming to an end. You go to that extra gear, and we saw that 
with Kurt Suzuki. He threw out Bubba Thompson at second base. And I can't remember the last time I've seen Kurt throw somebody out. Right. Especially for us. Right. He's playing like a stud. He laid down that sacrifice bun, almost beat it out. That play from Joe Adele was awesome to see. They threw out Nathaniel Lowe. So you just felt like there was momentum on the Angels' side. And the problem was is that we had a big third inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Gallego did not send Magnari Sierra, even though it was two outs. But you had Trout coming up. And so you had Renjifo on first. Sierra at third, and then Trout doubles them both home. Yeah, how about Renjifo scoring from first base, man? What a yeah. hustler. That guy has just impressed me, in, especially in the latter part of this season, and to Absolutely. score from first base on a double to left field. Like, that's a it's a fast field, right? And it didn't feel like he was going to score because the ball got out there quickly. Trout ripped that one, and then the left fielder got to it pretty quickly, but by the time he was throwing it in, I'm like, Oh wow, Renhifo! Renhifo's rounding third. He's, He's going for it. Almost home. <laughs> that was great. Like to score from first, and those are the plays. Again, like if you want to win, those are the plays that you have to make, and you have to mm-hmm. you have to score. So I'm glad that Gallego sent him and Renhifo. Way to hustle. That was that was a lot of fun to see. And with Trout on second, Taylor Ward got an RBI single, and Mike Gallego sent Trout home. Yep. And Trout was hustling around the base paths as well. So they they were very strategic in how they were sending and who was coming up to the plate. And the whole reason why Gallego didn't send Sierra is because Trout was coming up to the plate Mm -hmm. and you want to give him an opportunity with runners on base. Shohei Otani had the day off because he is scheduled to start today against the Twins in Minnesota. And that guy is a workhorse. So it was a much deserved day off for Shohei Otani. But without him in the lineup, I, I appreciated how the Angels are being strategic in keeping guys who can hit in those runs coming up to the plate, not taking away any at-bats or risking those at-bats. So I thought that that was uh, pretty pretty promising to see at the at the very least. Yeah, you're going to see, uh, what, 40,000 people tonight at Target Field in, in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Is it still Target Field? <laughs> who knows what yes. it is, right? Um, all these different names. But you're going to see probably 40,000 people there because they're going to want to see Shohei Otani. He's got, what, three or two starts left, I think. I think three. Uh, three starts left. And so opportunity for him to get a couple of wins. He has, he has, thir- does he have 13? He has 13, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Wow, he's mm-hmm. got 13 wins. He could get to 16 if he wins the next three and I, I make I make it sound like it's so easy right hey just he win needs, the next he needs, three <laughs> uh, he needs 14 innings to qualify and become the first DH and starter to do all the things that he's doing and that would be incredible to see he's wow. on the cusp of 200 strikeouts he's got another chance to lower that ERA that's great and I saw another graphic on Thursday again Mike top five Cy Young candidates Shohei nowhere to be found and the problem I have with it goes back to our conversation about bias yesterday is that because he wasn't in the graphic, there were tons of replies from Yankee fans saying, oh, and he's in the MVP race, he's not even in the Cy Young contention. I said, no, the graphic designer who works at MLB didn't put <laughs> yes. Shohei in the graphic when he, yeah. by all accounts, should be there. So that oh, absolutely. pretty frustrating. It goes back to what we were talking about yesterday. Yeah, MLB is doing a banger job of promoting Shohei Otani. <laughs> and we're really proud. Let me just applaud you for applaud. The, the unicorn that has never, ever, ever played in this game before. And you guys are promoting him like no other. Everybody knows about <laughs> Shohei Otani. And now let me wake up from my dream. Oh, wait, that's the NFL that promotes their players really, really well. That's right, the NBA right. that promotes 
promotes their players really, really well. Rob Manfred, you might want to wake up from your nap and realize that you've got two once-in-a-generation type of players that are playing right now in Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani, maybe three with Mike Trout. And perhaps you might want to do something with them, right? Yeah, no (laughs) kidding. Hey, we've got Reed Detmers on the mound on Saturday and, of course, Jose Suarez on Sunday. So some good pitching matchups, pitching matchups in our favor, I believe, going into the weekend. It should be a great series against the Twins. We'll have Matty V back on the call for the Twins series. I love when Matty V's in in the broadcast booth with Gooby. They have a great time, and he's got a lot of great insight. So a good weekend ahead. Hopefully we can put this Texas series behind us. Yeah, we had the chance to to at least try to win the series, but now that is out of reach because we have three more games against Texas and they have already outplayed us and outwon us this season. So the season series belongs to the Rangers, so we can put that behind us. Let's focus on the Twins this weekend and hopefully get some wins coming out of Minnesota. they should have done they should have walked the bases loaded with uh uh when seager got up there that would have helped him win the game right that's right oh never mind hey coming up on locked on angels two names have recently come up as interesting options for manager and for hitting coach so we're going to talk a little bit about them but first locked on angels is brought to you by bet online they're your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season you can find all the latest football league developments great matchups news and podcast at bet online and they're also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information including live betting esports and scores fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports and events Head to bet online. They have all the information you need MLB, MMA, boxing, golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online, where the game starts. We appreciate you making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day, Mike. The Arizona Fall League is a league in which we see a lot of minor league players. Go to get some experience, get some reps, perhaps throw a few innings, get a couple of plate appearances, and we have some Angels prospects headed to the Arizona Fall League. So let's talk about the five or six that we have yeah. headed to the Arizona Fall League, and we'll, we'll take them one by one. Why don't you start us out? How about Ivan Armstrong? He is a mm-hmm. right-handed pitcher for the Tri-City Dust Devils. He's 22 years old. He's a bullpen arm. And they're actually looking forward to him going to the Arizona Fall League, get some extra work this off season. I think they're still trying to figure out what he is because hmm. looking at his stats, he's had a couple of starts, but then he's mostly been in the bullpen. And I know that that's minor league baseball. They're trying to figure you out. Right. But this actually could be a great indicator as to how they're going to use him. And, and they're leaning, it looks, based upon what n- notes are out there, that he is going to lean more bullpen and maybe be your sixth or seventh inning type of guy. So Ivan Armstrong is headed to the Arizona Fall League. Right-handed pitcher Kelvin Caceres, who plays for Inland Empire, the 66ers. He's 22 years old. He's a back end of the bullpen guy. In fact, he has four saves and two holds this year. So that'll be great because after after Thursday's game, I'm interested in all the bullpen talent that we have within (laughs) our system (laughs) and would like to see some of these guys possibly make an impact or even move up to double a next season. So this might be a big step forward 
for Caceres and and to see what he has in his arsenal and how he can contribute to the team uh, moving forward. Mike, I'll say this next one for you because <laughs> it's a difficult name. Uh, right-handed pitcher Jack Kachanowicz. Thank how you so Jack? much. Yeah, here's here's why we are great brothers and why we need to do the show together. John reads all the hard words. <laughs> Is that hip hip hop hip hop hip hop anonymous? <laughs> All right, so so Jack is 21. He's six foot six, Johnny. And yeah. right now they're using him as a starter. He was a long reliever, but it looks like he's leaning more to being a starter. But when you're that tall on the mound, that that's intimidating, and that ball is coming down at an angle, right? And so mm-hmm. this is an interesting guy, and I'm I'm excited to see what he can actually do. Only 21 years old and six foot six, and starter, long reliever. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, time he has in the Arizona Fall League. How about Connor Van Skoyek, who is also six foot six? Wow, he's twenty two years old. Twin Towers. He's a starter, and he's had a great year in the Inland Empire. He went eleven and five. Wow. So, a tall guy as a starter. I love me some tall pitchers, Mike. It reminds <laughs> yep. me of Jared Weaver. Yep. Ding ding. So <laughs> let's see how he shakes out in the Arizona Fall League. Yeah. Infielder Werner Blakely is from the 66ers. He's 22. He mm-hmm. is a David Fletcher type of hitter. So more of I a like slap that. hitter. Uh, had a really good average for the 66ers. He batted 295. And I know that that's not the thing that everybody measures people by. But uh, I thought I thought that that was a good average for him. Five home runs. Had over like 40 RBIs. And so uh, Werner is actually heading to Arizona. And uh, perhaps could be somebody that develops into a solid solid backup for the Halos is kind of where he's projected right now. Finally, we have infielder Kyron Paris, who probably is familiar to a lot of Lockdown Angels listeners, or at least have heard that name before. He's 20 years old. He's got some power. He's got some pop, Mike. He's hit 12 home runs, and he has a 780 on base plus slugging percentage. Mm. So those, those are great signs. It would be great to see what he's capable of in the Arizona Fall League, and somebody that I feel like a lot of people have talked about uh, within the Angels organization, especially Kyron Paris and and Werner Blakely. I think the two of them are the ones that I'm most familiar with and probably the ones that I'm most intrigued by when we look at who's going to the the Arizona Fall League. In fact, I'm actually excited about all six of these guys because the fact that we have some pitchers going, the fact that the two infielders who are going that we're pretty familiar with but also have good feelings about and and they come up a lot when you talk about the Angels' best prospects. But those four other pitchers I'm excited for because we need all the pitching help that we can get. And also, if they're not quite ready to come up and help the team immediately next year, you want them to have a good showing because you want to have some trade pieces for the offseason. And so if these guys show up and show out in the Fall League, then we might have some some chips on our hands mm. to trade to other teams. But who intrigues you the most out of this list? Well, I, I love the two guys. I love Jack and Connor. They're both six foot six and a tall pitcher for me, always is intriguing because, again, that slope, being able to pitch down, being able to have Mm -hmm. leverage when you're out there. Randy Johnson was so successful because he was so tall. And another guy that 
that these two guys remind me of is Kai Bush, who actually started the playoff game for yes. uh, the Trash Pandas. Kai Bush is really tall. He's, I think, six foot six as well. So we've got some really tall guys in the minor leagues, and I just think that that's to their advantage. I think where it actually can hurt them is in their mechanics, because when you're so tall and right. lanky, you can actually lose your release point. You can actually get slow when you're actually winding up. And so if these guys can nail that, and they have somebody working with them that can help pick out the areas where they're really struggling. I think that we could see these guys sooner rather than later. And wouldn't it be great to see them really improve? And you're right. Trade pieces is always something that we need to consider. Yes. And the 66ers were a playoff team as well. And so they're coming right. off a, a really good year. And so I hope they have a really good time in Arizona because it could really be beneficial to the organization either to pick up players or to be a player that we can count on in the near future. Hey, as we get into our last segment of the day, I just want to do a little Locked On Angels announcement. We are going to be having a report card of sorts for all of the talent. Well, most of the talent, not not the ones that were here for a minute and, and left, but for most of the talent that made an impact on the Halos this season. So we have a survey in the episode description. So if you're on YouTube, click that description. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can find the link in the episode description. It's a little survey and you can rate each player one to five and then leave three words or less on how you might describe their season, describe the player themselves. And then we're gonna compile all the data and share the results, and so it'll be a Locked On Angels listener slash fan grade episode toward the end of the season. We're going to start that today, and we're going to have it run through at least the end of uh, the regular season, and then we'll share those results on Locked On Angels. So please, check out the survey in the episode description, and we'd be glad to have your input on that. Johnny, you were on the Locked On MLB show with Soli. And yes, sir. at the end of the episode, he just kind of throws out two names. And it's two <laughs> names. Casually. Yeah, it's two names that kind of have been rumored to be manager and hitting coach for the Halos. And if you're a longtime baseball fan, these names are actually pretty familiar to you. Roberto Kelly is a name that he threw out. And then Hensley mm-hmm. Mullins is another name that he threw out. And mm-hmm. there's been some talk about these two guys getting some traction because they've really put together a a pretty good managerial coaching career after their yeah. careers were over. So let me talk Roberto Kelly for just a moment. He is obviously a former professional baseball player, and he was signed by the Yankees as a free agent in 1982. John was not hey. born yet. I was. And he went on <laughs> to play for the Yankees from 87 to 92 and then came back in the year 2000. Played for the Reds, the Braves, the Expos, hey. the Dodgers, the Twins, the Mariners, and the Texas Rangers. And during his playing days in Panama, he actually was known as La, La Sombra, mm-hmm. which is Spanish for shadow. So he had a <laughs> great nickname down there. After his playing career, he managed the Giants' single A team, the Augusta Green Jackets. I love these minor league names. I They're know, fantastic. Uh, He was hired by the Giants in uh, 2007 to be their first base coach and hitting instructor and 
and he has this reputation, John. He started in the minor leagues, and then when he went to the Giants, he got more of it for being aggressive in his approach to base running. And if you ever watched Roberto Kelly play, you can go, oh, yeah, he was really great on the base pass. Do you remember him playing when you were watching? Oh, I totally remember Roberto Kelly. Like, I remember he was, I remember actually with the Reds more, and here's why. Because when I played the old MLB games on, like, the regular Nintendo, the yeah. original Nintendo, he was on the Reds. So that's <laughs> nice. why I remember him distinctly there but in 2008 he told the giant pitchers that he didn't want them uh, to use the fact that they were pitchers as poor excuses for as base runners he wanted them to actually hustle and run and all of those things so I I love that he's currently a manager in the Mexican League and he's gained a lot of respect over the last few years as the manager so this name was thrown out there Johnny as an option maybe somebody who's a potential manager for the Halos hitting instructor base running instructor when you hear the name Roberto Kelly what are your thoughts on him potentially being the next manager of the Halos. I like the resume. I like the fact that he's the aggressive base running type. You and I both know that the Angels' best years were always because we were great on the bases and we were stealing bags and playing small ball and moving runners over. In fact, a lot of our early success this season came from smart base running. Yeah. And I feel like a combination of smart hitting, not necessarily big hitting, but smart hitting and smart base running is something the Angels sorely need. So I could see him being a great option for manager next season. I'll be interested to see what kind of guy Perry Manassian wants to bring into the organization and lead this team. I'm sure he's got candidates in mind, but this is a really intriguing option. And Soli's watched a lot of baseball, and and I trust his opinion when it comes to these things. And that's a name that he threw out. He also threw out... Another name, Mike, it was Hensley Mullins. Is it my saying that right? Mullins? Yeah, Hensley Mullins, which I don't know why we need a new hitting coach. I mean, ours is fine, so I don't understand why. Oh, wait, never mind. Go ahead. False. (laughs) Yeah, I don't suppose Jeremy Reed will be here at the end of uh, If he this. makes it, nah. that's probably another segment. If he makes it, we, we got to talk about that. But go ahead and talk I about it. I think he's going to be fired <laughs> as soon as the season's over, to be honest. That's going to be the yeah, announcement. The last out hits the glove. Yeah. October, <laughs> October 6th is going to be his yeah. last day. So <laughs> let's talk <laughs> about... <laughs> Hello? Let's Hello? talk about Hensley Mullins. He's the assistant hitting coach for the New York Yankees. He played from 1989 to 2000 in MLB. He's played in uh, Nippon Professional Baseball and the KBO over there in Korea. He was the first uh, Kuroakuin to play in both MLB and the Dominican Professional Baseball League. Hitting home runs left-handed while playing softball as a teenager earned him the nickname Bam Bam. Bam Bam! With his friends comparing (laughs) his power to the Flintstones character. And, of course, he's credited with helping Aaron Judge this season become who he is and help other Yankee hitters get right. We all know they struggled in 2021. They did not have as dominant of a run as they've had this season. So Mullins, as the assistant hitting coach... With the Yankees, of course, we always know assistants like to move up to the head hitting coach position or the head of their coaching area. And so that would be an interesting option at hitting coach for the Angels. And if if Phil Nevin sticks around in some capacity, that might be another connection, another great tie to the Angels. Not saying that Nevin would be the manager, but if he returned to third base coach or what have you and sticks around the organization, 
that would be an interesting connection as well. But what are your thoughts on Mullins as the hitting coach? I think that we need somebody who can actually really help these hitters. And I, I love that the Aaron Judge story is out there and also the other players that have improved on the Yankees this mm-hmm. season. And you can see that improvement, right? And so he's had a, a big part to play in that. We need somebody that helps them with their approach. We need somebody that allows them to be a bit free as well, where they can make decisions at the plate. And when Joe Madden gave his interview and talked about all of the stuff that was happening behind the scenes, it really sounded like there was just, honestly, a lot of mixed signals being sent. Mm-hmm. And and Joe wanting to do his thing, and Perry's like, stop doing that I need you to do this because it's not working and who knows what else is happening in that dugout and when you're finding yourself in the situation that the Angels are finding themselves in I think at some point the coaches have just gone yeah just go out there figure it out right like I mean fun and and I and I, I know that they're doing their job and this is not to be disrespectful to them but I think at some point they've kind of gone why don't you try this why don't you try that? Because you've even heard stories about like they're not having batting practice or they're only batting inside or they're not going out on the field and hitting. And I, I think a consistency is always the thing mm-hmm. that helps you to get right. And so let's be a bit consistent. You only adjust that rhythm as like a fluke or as an anomaly to try to break up maybe the monotony of of what you're doing. So right. I, I want somebody that can come in and really help with that. And it seems like Hensley's got a good head on his shoulders and it seems like he's got a great strategy. Quite honestly, I think we could we could get anybody in there and, and do a better job than what Jeremy Reed <laughs> has done. And I do have to say, and there's been some conversation about this, like a lot of the Angels hitters have improved. Like Taylor Ward has improved, of course, right? Of course. And and so do we give Jeremy Reed credit for that? I don't want to, hmm. but I think that there might be something to that, right? But because they fell off a cliff this year, like yeah. the offense was never a worry. And the fact that we're talking about how great the pitching is and that the offense hasn't been able to come through right. is is a reflection of yes. whoever is leading them. Like, even if it's not Jeremy Reed's fault, Jeremy Reed has to pay the price because he's the leader of this hitting. Correct. Right? And so you got to get somebody else in there with a new voice, different perspective. I don't even think like waiting until next season to just kind of wash your mouth out with this season and start fresh. I think you got to get somebody in there that speaks a different language and that comes from great success like the New York Yankees. Yeah, start early in the offseason and find the right person to fill that role. Look, between the two of them, between Roberto Kelly and Hensley Mullins, I think regimented is a good word. I think that you were saying consistency. And I think getting this team to be regimented and going out there and knowing what to expect every day that they show up that they have a consistent routine and rhythm to help them get in the mindset of having a great game and being prepared to be at the plate and being prepared to go out there and run the base as well and play small ball and be strategic in how they handle the opponents. I think that that is something that this team sorely needs. They need consistency. They need to be regimented. And I think that these two guys could bring that to the table in 2023. Well, thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day, the place where you hear John pronounce all of the words for me, and so we <laughs> appreciate that. Now make your second listen to Lockdown MLB podcast with our friend Sully, who brings humor and passion and his unique perspective on every team and shares some of the biggest stories from around the league, even shares some good rumors like Roberto Kelly and Hensley Mullins. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Angels. And before you go, be sure to get at us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Angels and, of course, at Super Halo Bros as well. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's, not tomorrow, Monday show? Yeah, it's Mailbag Monday, so get in our listens and get in our DMs and tweet at us. And you can even send us a voicemail. Yes. So you can do that by simply calling us, 714-409-6396. And all of this information will be in the description. So give us a call, leave your question. Also, send us, tweet at us, direct message us, Instagram and Twitter. We would love to hear from you. So that Mailbag Monday, we get to hear from the Locked On Angel fans. Don't forget to take that survey again. It's going to be in the episode description. Yep. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we'll see you right back here on Monday for more. Locked on Angels.